You're listening to The Main Course, where food is serious business. Listen along for insights, strategies, forecasts, and thought leadership from the front lines of food with your host, Barbara Castiglia. Welcome to The Main Course. I'm Barbara Castiglia of Modern Restaurant Management. And today we have an episode I'm really excited about um, because I think it has a potential to really help a lot of people to help restaurant owners, small business owners. Um, and we're talking about a topic that has unfortunately affected a lot of people here in the United States and across the world, and that's scammers. And it really irks me when I hear about people who are working really hard to accomplish some something and then someone takes advantage of them, uh, particularly when they're vulnerable. And I've heard a lot about a, a lot of different scams that are going on with restaurants when they're just in this stage where they're trying to recover. Um, so with me today is an expert in all things scamming. Uh, and it's David McClellan, who's the president and CEO of Social Catfish. And if you're not familiar with Social Cat Catfish, we'll talk about it. They have a really great website that has a lot of resources. And they have uh, a really popular internet channel, uh, YouTube channel, where they talk about romance scams, which we're not really going to get into. Um, but David, thank you so much for taking time out and speaking with me today. Um, so first, you know, for those who aren't familiar, you know, tell me about Social Catfish you know, what you guys do and, and how you became interested in, in all of this. And, I, and I'm sure it's coming from the same angle that I am, where you want to just protect people from all of these yeah. scammers. Um, first off, thanks for having me. You know, this is definitely, you know, a passion of mine and, and something that, like, I truly believe that we can solve. And so just to give you a little bit of my background, I have no, um, I, I should not be in this industry, first of all. Um, so, you know, I have a background in internet marketing. I've run some of the largest websites in the world, you know, their, their marketing, you know, efforts. Um, but eight and a half years ago, you know, I was somebody who was creating websites and then building them up and then selling them. And Social Catfish was one of those websites. And as, you know, having an internet marketing background, I'm very, very good at doing online research. And so, you know, when, you know, when I had a business partner at the time, but when I built socialcatfish.com, you know, we started seeing that, you know, the internet is literally the wild, wild west, even though there's mass adoption and people are using it and, you know, we have grown up with the internet, um, it's still the wild, wild west. There's still not a lot of regulation. You know, you can still pretend who you want to be online. And there's some beautiful things about the internet. You know, I uh, never graduated from college. I went to college for a few years. And I've, I'm trained through the internet. And so I, everything I've learned, you know, I've, I've been able to teach myself through the internet and, and just hard work and everything else. And I've been very fortunate to work with like very large companies and have like a really great career because of the internet. And, you know, but there are, you know, a lot of dark areas of the internet and it opens up a lot of, you know, scammers to steal money from people. And so historically, you know, we all make fun of the Nigerian Prince days, but that's how people used to scam. They would send letters in the mail and they would say, you know, hey, I'm this person. And, and they would tease people with information. Well, as technology is involved, it's made it very, very easy for scammers. doesn't matter what type of scammer they are to get access to people, businesses and steal money from them. And just like the Internet is evolving constantly, so are these scams. And so about five years ago, um, you know, we well, well, when we first started the business, we didn't even know what we were going to offer. You know, we just started writing blogs and articles and teaching people about this stuff and, you know, realizing that people really needed help. And so we literally put a PayPal button up. We didn't know what we were going to do. And and we literally within 10 minutes, we got our first payment and the rest is somewhat history. And now we have, 
you know, 700,000 customers a year. We have 15 million people that come to us. We have a YouTube channel with our videos that get, you know, 9 million views a month. And so we've built this um, massive uh, network of people and we are able to gather this information very quickly. And, and we're very fortunate enough to, you know, work with lots of different agencies and, you know, come up with a lot of tools and solutions. But I spend a lot of my time doing stuff we, we don't necessarily get paid for because like, I truly believe that like, we need to educate people on how to, you know, protect themselves online. And we need to start looking at putting things in place to, you know, hold people accountable that are trying to steal money or take advantage of us online, especially people trying to pretend to be other people um, and then build, you know, passive tools that, you know, people don't have to think about safety, that it's just happening in the background. And no matter where you go, you have some form of protection that's happening. So those are the problems that we're trying to solve as a business. And that's, you know, essentially my background. Every single year we do this state of scams and we've learned a lot from doing this. And so we analyze the different types of scams, the trends that are happening in these scams. We pull our users to understand what they're going through. And we deal with different organizations to understand what their users or their customers are going through. And so um, over the last like four or five years, we've learned a massive amount of information, you know, about the trends and what's happening. And we have started to really, um, you know, uh, like, exponentially, you know, grow our tool set to really focus on online protection. So our goal, our why, everybody in the company knows that we want to protect people online. And so the tools that we have, the approach that we have, you know, and we, we try to do that every single day. So that's a, a, a long, short version. No, that's great. Um, you know, I know, you know, we always hear a lot about romance scams and the individual scams, um, but how big of an issue is scamming businesses? Um, and, you know, and trying to, uh, you know, reach out to either small businesses and restaurants. Um, and and I know in your report, you found out that, you know, it's growing. It's a growing business for some people. Um, so what are the factors that are making scamming just grow so rapidly? So going back to, you know, just being able to be anonymous on the Internet and just, you know, it's the internet's wonderful because we can go create emails we can go create you know get phone numbers we can go get um you know social networks and dating profiles and stuff within minutes you know it's very convenient but it also makes it very easy for people that are scamming and there's all this amazing technology like artificial intelligence and all these wonderful apps and different things that are out there that are either free or very cheap and it makes scammers um, you know, it, it, they're very accessible to scammers. And so that's, that's the biggest thing as far as scamming businesses, it's the number one scam that there is, you know, be, business email compromise scams are the, are the largest scam where people lose money. And those are, those are scams that involve emails that trick businesses into handing over money. And so whether it's an email saying your utilities are late and you need to pay this money, or whether it's an email saying, hey, I'm a vendor and, you know, I haven't been paid in six months. And if you don't pay me, I'm going to put a lien on your building or lien, you know, on, on whatever. Um, and you know, what happens is, is, you know, people... Um, you know, there, there are a lot of psychological principles that go into place with with scams. And so, you know, there's a, a great book. Um, it's called Influence, but they talk about what's called click run. And so when we as people don't have the opportunity to step back and do our due diligence about something, we use the information that's in front of us to make those decisions. And so it could be looking at the email being like, oh, yeah, that's Jack Johnson at you know, uh, constructionworks.com, but then we didn't see that it's construction.works 
with a z.com and so there's a slight misspelling there and we make the wrong decision because you know we we glaze over something we glance at it or we buy something and you know somebody says the reviews are good or they they pressure us to make a decision and in most instances that we see where people are scammed they're either pressured to make a decision right away and they end up making the wrong decision or they're given information that tricks them into believing something you know um, most of the people that we um, talk to that are scammed, they are fairly educated people. You know, 78% um, of people that are actually involved in scams have some or some college or a college degree. And so, you know, these are not like dumb people that are just being scammed left and right. You know, they're educated people that are just making the, the wrong decisions. And a lot of it just has to do with education. They didn't know that the scam existed or they didn't know this was out there. I just had an employee over the weekend get scammed on Facebook Marketplace. And, you know, uh, a few months back, I had an employee that was getting emails from an email that looked like my email asking them to go get uh, um, gift cards and give them gift cards for me because, you know, I needed them by noon. And so this is the stuff that even we deal with as a company, you know, granted, you know, we have tools and different things in place that, you know, our, our employees use, but, um, but this is the, this is what we deal with every single day. Right. So you had mentioned before, um, you know, that you have a study, um, a number of studies about the internet scams. So what are some of these trends that you're seeing? So, you know, we tend to see people aged, you know, 35 and up, you know, are the people that are scammed out of the most amount of money. Usually they're people that are in positions in businesses or have assets that they lose the most amount of money. Um, but we are seeing youth, you know, people 20 years and younger are actually being scammed at a faster rate. Um, and so we've dug into this information. And so what we realize is that when people are overconfident in their abilities on the internet, um, they often get scammed. And so that's what we're seeing, like people that have high internet usage that are confident, you know, on the internet tend to be scammed very quickly. And, you know, the thing is, is we have access to like chat GPT and, and Google search and, and it makes us feel smarter than what we really are. It truly does. And so when we come across scenarios where we have to have, you know, critical thinking or decision-making, not that we don't have it, it's just that, you know, we are overconfident in our abilities. And so, so that's, that's one of the things, um, the trend with scams though, they've tripled over the last three years, the amount of money lost. And so it's really sad that like with today's day and age and the technology that's out there, we have such amazing technology that we're not able to prevent people from getting scammed. And so, you know, that's what, you know, our, my company's out on a mission to, to do. And we've built some like really incredible tools, you know, over the last six months, you know, to, that I, I actually think we can stop this or at least, you know, eliminate a lot of this. Um, but, you know, th that, those are some big things. You know, typically in, in states with um, high population, we tend to see scammers target those states, you know, which makes sense, right? So if there are a lot of businesses in a state or a lot of, you know, uh, a large population in a state, these scammers typically target those types of people. And, you know, another thing we've realized that scammers are very opportunistic. And so, you know, with COVID, you know, what was happening? You know, people were getting extra unemployment funds, right? Or they were getting unemployment. They were getting stimulus checks. Businesses were getting PPP loans. And so what we noticed is the shift of scammers going after just trying to steal money out of your bank account to stealing your identity and getting access to these PPP funds, getting access to the unemployment, getting access to the stimulus checks. And so, and the, or the EIDL money that was coming in through businesses. And so, um, you know, we saw a, a massive shift in, in people like scammers focusing on that. And so that's really interesting. And so, you know, we still see a large amount of information being stolen. So people's identities 
And one really interesting thing is that like you only really need an email to really steal somebody's identity, which is crazy. And so if I have your email, there are certain sites I can go to and we're like, we're so numb to data breaches now that we don't change our emails when we're part of data breaches. We're like, oh, there's a target data breach or, oh, you know, a JP Morgan Chase, you know, had a data breach or, you know, a data breach from an unknown website. We kind of ignore it. Well, what happens is as part of those data breaches, our, our passwords and personal information gets leaked, right? And so, you know, when you log into a bank account or a social network or your QuickBooks account or anything, you typically use the same passwords from account to account to account, the same emails between accounts or same usernames. And that's what these scammers are doing is they're taking this information, they're reverse engineering um, or social engineering, you know, our information, and they're getting access, either able to log into accounts or, or um, you know, steal our personal information. So it's really interesting, you know, the trends that we're seeing, especially with COVID and everything else. Right. Um, you know, I know there are, you know, a lot of different businesses that have been going through so much with COVID. Um, and in particular for restaurants, um, I, you know, I personally know a lot of friends who own different restaurants who have had all of these different scams or scam attempts, I would say, happen to them. The one you kind of mentioned a little bit was the, uh, the uh, electric bill or utility bill where they would call like in the middle of the rush of dinner and say, you know, we're going to shut your stuff off in half an hour. Um, and, you know, and you panic because yeah, I, I thought I paid it. Um, and and you're, as you're saying, they kind of work in that with fear and and all these things where you're thinking, you know, maybe I did do something wrong. Maybe I should do this. Um, and uh, another scam that we're seeing a lot is where they're sending either an email or even texts that are asking for reservations or deliveries for large orders. And they do this convoluted thing where they're going to pay you more money either on a credit card or on a check to pay a band or to pay the driver. And it gets into this whole big you know, series of, of, of emails and things where they don't even know what they're going to follow. Um, and, you know, and, and they're like, well, you know, they're holding out that carrot that, oh, it's going to be a great big order and I need the money. Um, and, you know, they're, they're preying on the vulnerability of, of restaurants and small business owners. And another one that's happening now is the review scams where they're out and out saying, you know, we're going to give you all these one-star reviews and it's, and it's really holding them hostage. Um, and it's really scary, a lot of the stuff that's going on now. Um, so what, what do you say, you know, what do you say to people to, you know, to how to avoid these things and how to use, be, use common sense when you're being attacked? So the biggest thing is to have your own processes in place for accepting orders and for doing conducting business, right? And so if you have your own process and to accept orders, whether it's using a payment gateway or a link, um, and that's that's how you conduct your orders and, and you only use that tool. Don't ever let you know somebody that is trying to do business with you tell you how to you know transact, you know make the transaction happen. Um, you know, a lot of times, you know, if you use, you know, third party service to collect payments, they have fraud tools that are in place to detect, hey, is this a stolen credit card or is this a valid credit card based on things like, you know, the address that's being put in or the the um, the CVV you know, number on the card. And so, um, you know, always use a secure gateway like that, you know, as, you know, standard way to accept payments, um, you know. 
the for the reviews, we actually were attacked in a somewhat similar way, you know, for reviews, it was a little bit different. It was, you know, somebody that, you know, wanted to sell me their business. And, you know, I wasn't interested in purchasing their business. And so they said that they were going to slam us online. Luckily, I have a good relationship with, um, you know, the, the review websites that we have reviews on and we have reps on those sites. And so before it happened, I'd actually taken a screenshot of the email and I forwarded it to our rep and I said, hey, look, you know, just a heads up, this is what's happening. And, and sure enough, we had a handful of reviews come in and, you know, they were able to look into it and see that the same IP addresses were being used, you know, and then, um, you know, the, they even you know, had positive reviews on, on their own business and negative reviews on ours. And so we were able to handle that, you know, appropriately. And so the biggest thing is just staying ahead of this stuff, getting ahead. You know, every time you let something happen and you, you know, completely ignore it, that's typically when, you know, things start to snowball. And so, you know, um, as business owners, we're extremely busy and, and we may not have, you know, especially as a restaurant owner, right? I mean, you're probably doing everything and you're working, 14 hour days and, and, you know, hold it, you're the glue that keeps the business together, but make sure you have somebody that can help out, you know, if, and when, you know, realistically it's when, you know, these things pop up. And so, you know, make sure that, you know, um, you know, restaurants, especially live and die by online reviews. And so make sure you have, you know, a point of contact for the reviews that you deal with. Um, even if you have nothing but great reviews, I mean, you should be in contact with the reps, you know, for these different platforms, they will all give you some sort of rep or they, there's a customer support channel um, and just make sure that you're familiar with, with all those to make sure that the right reviews are coming in and, and, and um, you know, that, that, you know, people are being held accountable for slander or anything else. Um, and so that's a, a big suggestion is just, you know, understand that, that, that stuff happens and you're, you're not going to control, you know, what somebody's trying to do, but you can control the outcome by being prepared in advance. Right. So having good relationships in hand to kind of circumvent anything. Um, and also what factor does, you know, training your staff and making them aware of things that are going on so that they can kind of nip things in the butt when it, when it happens. Yeah. So again, going to like processes. And so, you know, if somebody's taking a phone order, you know, here's what we do and here's what we don't do. And, and if you see anything like this, just like, um, you know, I, years ago I, I worked in the restaurant business. And so we opened up a bar, you know, in the restaurant that I worked at. And so, you know, the police came out and, and they trained us on, you know, how to check IDs and how to do different things. And, and, you know, we got training on checking for, you know, fake money. And so just like you would do any of that, you should do the same thing and pay attention to the online line and you know phone you know part of that you know so if you're getting text messages if you're getting emails if you're getting phone calls you know here's the process with how we handle it you know if somebody wants to do this here's how we handle that if they want to do this we you know we just we only handle things this way and so you know training your staff in advance and treating it as just part of your process to to conduct business and incorporating as part of the training it should flow fairly easily so one scam that I noticed was um, and on the accounting side, where an accountant was setting up uh, an account on a new computer, and they went to what they thought was the site for the bank, but it wasn't. Um, so what, what are things that people can do to look at a website 
and say, this isn't right, you know, that something's off about it. And I know you guys have resources to help people do this, um, you know, and also emails, you know, it used to be that, you know, if you look at the email and, it, and you know, it has tons of typos and all that, you could just say, hey, this is this is not right. Um, but things have gotten more sophisticated and it's harder sometimes to tell. I know I've gotten things from my own bank and I'm like, is this real? <laughs> is, this, you know, is this a scam? Um, so what, what are things that people um, can do to identify and protect themselves? So one of the most basic things that you can do is look at the contact information on the site. And so, um, you know, go to the website, look up the contact information, um, even call customer service to make sure it's the right customer service. doesn't mean they're not going to give you the actual customer service number, but that's, that's the first step. Just look at the contact information. The other thing too, um, in our browser, you know, for the website, there is a lock in most websites. And so if you don't see that lock, especially in a banking website, that's a big red flag. And so that just tells you the information you're putting in is secure. Um, one thing that's a little bit more advanced is checking who is information, but you can do this for free. And so this is actually really important to know just whether you're an, a restaurant owner or, or just buying anything online. So you can go and you just type in who is lookup in Google. And you can grab the URL of that website and you can paste it in there and it will tell you when it was registered. And most scam websites in our experience are registered within the last 12 months, most of them within the last three to four months. And so, you know, these people create these scam websites, you know, they're even clones. Like, I mean, I've seen really good clones that look like a Chase um, a bank a website or a Bank of America website, you know, the business side of it. Um, and so uh, taking a look at that and if, the who is information on that website is within the last few months. That's a big red flag. Um, the other thing too is, um, you know, leaving the website and just going directly to the website. If you know the URL, you know, I've, I've done that a few times where I've, I've clicked on links and, and I've been a little suspicious or, you know, somebody's called me and, and, or sent me an email. And instead of clicking on the link through email, I'll go directly to the website. You know, as a standard practice, most institutions won't send you a link through the email and so to log into just because that's how people steal your information. And so that's a big thing. Um, I'll plug our unfraudit tool, um, you know, quickly, but so we have a tool that we built, it's free. And so just part of our mission to just protect people online, I wanted to do something that, you know, allowed everybody to protect themselves. We'll have a free version at some point, but you can go and you can get on our wait list for unfraudit.com. It's U-N-F-R-A-U-D-I-T.com. And you can actually plug in the website or email address into the tool and say, hey, is this real? Literally talk to it like you're talking to me and we'll analyze that information and we'll spit out like if if we have any concerns about it. it's really cool. Um, and so that's something, you know, we check who is and, and some other things as part of that. Um, but, you know, it, it will tell you if, if it's a real website or not. So those are some basic things that, that anybody can do to just protect themselves when, when going to a website. So a lot of people who get scammed get embarrassed. You know, they don't even want to admit that it happened. They just kind of like say, let's go on. Um, and they don't report anything that happened. Um, but what do you recommend that people do? Do you recommend that they reach out to the police um, and tell other business owners? Um, you know, what what do you say are the best practices that they can do after, you know, the aftercare of a scam? So one of the interesting things when, you know, um, especially this year, so we're putting our new state of scams together. So the FBI data is saying that scams have dropped over the last 12 months and FTC data is saying that it's gone up over the last 12 months. And the reason being is because, you know, people are not reporting. It. And so they're only reporting based on what they're given. 
And so what we've pulled our users and year after year, um, only about 30% of users report scams because they're embarrassed. And so it, it's, it's extremely important to report these types of scams because it's going up. It's very rare to talk to somebody that either hasn't been scammed themselves or does not know somebody that's been in, that's scammed in some form, uh, some, some way. Um, it's extremely rare. Um, you know, I have people come to me all the time that don't tell their friends or family that they've been scammed because they feel comfortable, you know, talking to me just because we deal with this every day. Um, and we deal with every type of scam. And so, you know, the number one thing is go and report it, whether you think you can get your money back or you're foolish, or you're like, you know what, it was, you know, hundred dollars or $250. I'm going to write it off, report it just so that it, it gets reported. The thing is, is, you know, these scammers, they follow the same protocol every single time. They use similar emails. They use similar websites. They use similar uh, same uh, phone numbers. And so usually they leave footprints behind when they scam somebody. And so maybe they scammed you for $250 or $100 or $50 or $1,000, but they're doing this to lots and lots of other people at the same time. So it's extremely important to uh, report it. Um, you can go online. You know, So if you don't want to call the police and, and have them do that, you can go online and report it. Um, you know, if it's a large amount of money, obviously go to the, the Internet Crime Complaint Center and the FBI, you know, to, to report the scam. Um, and then, you know, screenshot what happened. And, and there's so many local, you know, uh, you know, there's lots of communities on Facebook and, and, and Reddit and, um, you know, Nextdoor and all these different communities. And just take a screenshot and say, hey, watch out. This is this is happening. You know, the the biggest reason we realize that people are scammed is because of education because they didn't know that that existed. They didn't know what to look out for. Um, you know, we, we deal with stuff all the time. In fact, about four years ago, um, you know, my wife was trying to take care of uh, payroll and uh, QuickBooks was having issues. And so she went to go call them, but it was 4th of July and they were closed. And she went and clicked on an ad in Google and she was able to talk to support and support asked for remote access of her computer. And so she's telling me what she's doing. And I'm like, that's weird. And I told her, I'm like, uh, disconnect from the internet right away. And so she disconnects from the internet right away. And I went and took a look and, and she was on, you know, support with like a third party and they were trying to get access to our QuickBooks account. I mean, it happens to everybody. And, and so it's really important to take the step back and is, and what we realized too, is in like 90% of instances where people are scammed, there's like some spidey sense that's going on that's saying something's not right. And if you ever get that, it's totally okay to say, you know what, let me call you right back or let, you know what, I'm going to have, I'm, it's dinner rush. I'm busy. I'm going to have to call you in the morning. Um, you know, your, your electric company is most likely not going to cut off your electricity at 9 PM, you know? And so, um, so don't be afraid to take a step back get their phone number, get their contact information, make sure you have a clear mind before calling them to make sure you can analyze all the information they're giving you. Right. In a lot of cases, they like to isolate. So if you tell someone, yeah, hang up the phone, don't don't answer back to that email or text and kind of breathe for a second and let that spidey sense take over and say, hey, you know, maybe I, I should, you know, look at this another way. Um, you know, one of the things that you mentioned before was that, you know, you 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 think you have something in place that can really help, um, you know, help this problem over the, you know, over the next few years. Um, but what, you know, what role are banks and governments kind of playing? Are, are they being proactive um, to help people? Because these are their customers who are getting scammed too. Yeah. 
I've seen a big shift. Um, I want to say we have a, a, a you know, um, a large part of, you know, a part in that, you know, we, we do a lot to like inform the public and, and get in front of, you know, different types of people to make sure they know what's going on. Um, we probably have a small part of it, but, um, you know, we have seen over the years that, you know, banks and different institutions will send out emails constantly. Hey, here's how you protect yourself. Here are things to look out for. Um, most sites nowadays actually have like a blog or some sort of article where if you look up, you know, scams on Bank of America or scams on Chase or scams on QuickBooks, you know, like QuickBooks will have an article that they've written to educate people. And so, you know, we are starting to see this more and more, um, you know, we for sure, um, know that a lot of these institutions could do a lot more to protect their users or their user base, you know, um, you know, a lot of the technology that we're building has been around, you know, for a long time. And, 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 you know, the amount of users that these, you know, uh, institutions have, or these sites have, or these businesses have, you know, they should have plenty of data to realize, okay, here are the trends that are happening and let's start building tools or incorporating things to protect users. Um, unfortunately, you know, especially with banking institutions, this stuff happens off site. So, you know, when people are not on their websites, this is where, these problems are happening. And so, um, you know, that's one area we're trying to step in and, and kind of bridge that gap. But, you know, um, I am starting to see a lot more education. You know, last year we saw Facebook, um, which was kind of cool in the messenger section, you know, ask questions like, do you know this person? And, you know, watch out if this happens. And so we're starting to see more and more of that, which is fantastic. Um, you know, the other thing too is, you know, depending on how much money somebody's lost, um, there may not be a lot that you can do. I mean, if you're losing $50 and um, you willfully gave somebody money or you gave them a gift card, you know, some, some of that stuff is very difficult to trace. And so, um, you know, unfortunately, you know, there are times where people are scammed and there's just really very little recourse that they have. But we always say report it because, you know, we've seen a, a massive shift in scams to, for gift cards and cryptocurrency and Zelle, which runs through the uh, banking institutions, you know. And so, you know, the more we report this and the more we talk about this, the more these companies are going to be forced to be accountable, you know, for these things, especially, you know, a lot of the Zelle scams we're seeing, like we're seeing money, you know, getting transferred and, you know, these people don't have recourse or, um, you know, we're seeing, you know, scams happen between banking institutions, you know, where they're asking to wire transfer money, um, cryptocurrency companies that, you know, um, are platforms where you can make transactions with cryptocurrency, they're regulated by the US government now. And so there are some things that, that you can do um, if you file a police report and you get the law enforcement involved, but we're still not seeing enough happen where you know we trace crypto wallets and that's part of you know something that we do. And what we realize is that you know we will tag wallets or law enforcement will tag wallets and say, hey, there's this has happened through this this blockchain wallet or, or the, the this crypto wallet. And so you know it is being flagged but they're allowing money to still go into these accounts in these places. Um, there are institutions that make their money from cashing out gift cards. And so, you know, the, um, you know, a lot of these gift card scams originate in Nigeria. And if you go to these sites, you'll see that their number one clientele is from Nigeria. And it should raise a lot of red flags. Like what does, what do people in Nigeria need, you know, millions of dollars worth of, of gift cards to be converted for, you know, and where are they getting them from, you know? And so, you know, um, holding these companies and these institutions accountable to ask these questions, even if it involves losing some money, 
you know? And so that's, that's the shift that starts, needs to start happening. And, you know, it, we've seen, um, we for sure have seen a shift more into this. I also think too, that not everybody understands these scams. And so, you know, when you go to local law enforcement, you talk to them about cryptocurrency, you know, a lot of times we are teaching them how to look at cryptocurrency or how to file a KYC request, which is basically a, a KYC request is a, a know your customer request, something that, you know, when we sign up with a bank, we have to give our ID and different things. Well, these crypto uh, exchanges have to do the same thing now, but local law enforcement, they don't know how to do it. And so they're either turning people away completely or telling them to go to the FBI. And so, um, and then the, I think the last part of this is that a lot of these people tend to be overseas. And so, um, you know, our, like there's a jurisdiction issue where, you know, we don't communicate very well with countries like Nigeria or China or um, Russia, where we see a lot of these scams or, or India, where we see a lot of these scams originate from. And so when this stuff happens in law enforcement, especially local law enforcement, they see, oh, it was, you know, Nigerian you know, scam or it was from Russia or China. Uh, we can't help you out. You know, and like it's sad that that's the first reaction. And but that's what we deal with all the time. And so what we actually do is we work with people um, right now. We don't charge them for it, but we put these cases together so they can hand it over to law enforcement. So law enforcement can look at it and be like, OK, I can actually do something. here. Um, and so, but that's a shift that needs to change where, you know, I, you know, if if you look historically about crimes that were committed across state lines, you know, back in like the like 50s, 60s, 70s, these people would get away with these crimes because they would just go to another state, right? And what's happening is these criminals are in different countries. And so we need to bridge that gap and allow law enforcement to communicate. There needs to be a lot more shared data because all these criminals are using footprints. You know, they're, like I said, again, they're using IP addresses, they're using emails, they're using phone numbers, and they're reusing this stuff over and over. So if we were to be able to share that information, you know, we could stop these crimes a lot faster. So, you know, you're talking a lot about things that, you know, I, I don't want to go over people's heads too much, cryptocurrency and all that. And but I think that's part of 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 what's going on is um, scams are becoming more sophisticated. Uh, the scammers are using these tools, the same tools that you're using to trace them um, to scam people and who may not even be aware that they're even being scammed at first. Um, you know, on 60 Minutes, they had. Uh, they used the AI to take the reporter's voice and turn it into something and call her assistant to ask for her passport number. And she was convinced it, it, her number had been spoofed. It said her her number on it. So, um, you know, how is AI kind of playing a role in the sophistication of the scammers and what can people do? Um, you know, uh, because it, it's, you know, if you see a number that you say, hey, I, I know who that person is and it sounds like them, um, you know, is it still just a matter of, you know, hang up the phone and take a second and think about it because it just seems that these are, they're getting better and better at their jobs, which is scamming other people. Yeah. I mean, we've seen technology. There's a, there's a famous video from 2018 where Google introduced their Google assistant who literally called a salon and using artificial intelligence and made a call. It's if you haven't seen, it, it's really interesting. And so as a business owner, can you imagine getting a call like that? You cannot tell the difference between a real human and somebody that's not. And so um, unfortunately, these are things that you're going to have to look out for, especially with large orders. You know, hey, let me get a callback number. Um, you know, uh, you can look up their name on the Internet, make sure, you know, they're real. 
um, if it's your assistant, you know, a few things that you can look for. So it's actually very easy to spoof numbers when what's, what's number spoofing is, is basically if you have a, a phone number, um, it will come in as your phone number and you won't know the difference. The difference is though, your caller ID won't recognize it. So if you get a phone call and you're like, oh, I recognize that number, but your caller ID didn't recognize it, it might be, it might be because that number is being spoofed. And so if the call comes in and they're asking for personal information, she's like, let me call you back. Or you can ask them a question like, oh, um, what did you go and grab this morning, you know, from the store? Or what did you do yesterday? And, and a scammer will, most likely won't know this. And so um, unfortunately, um, the AI is getting really good. One thing that it can't do very well yet is the voice inflection. And so, you know, I get really, when I speak, I get really excited and, and, you know, my, my voice will go up and down and whatever. Um, but so the AI won't have as much voice inflection. So if you notice like a more monotone type speech, if the caller ID is not coming in, um, you know, those could be red flags and either call them back or um, ask them personal information that, you know, only that person would know. So last question, um, what are some resources that you would recommend? Um, obviously going to Social Catfish is one of them, um, yeah. but you know, what should people do so that they can learn more about this and learn more how to protect themselves and their businesses? So, I mean, even a quick Google search, you know, once a year, like what are the scam trends? You know, there are a lot of different types of reports. Um, we release, you know, an annual state of scams every June, but there are other reports. FBI has their, you know, something similar. The FTC has something. So just understanding what these trends are and what's out there. Um, you can even subscribe to certain lists and just get alerts, you know, when these new lists come out, just so that they're top of mind. And then you just build them as part of your processes internally. So as you train employees and, and you teach people how to do things and you come up with processes for ordering, accepting payments and different things, this should just be inter baked into like what you do. And so education is the, the, the number one thing that, that you can do. And again, that spidey sense, anytime that spidey sense fires off, just be confident in yourself to take a step back, be like, okay, I'm either going to call you back, I'm going to get your information, or I'm going to end this phone call or this, you know, chat or whatever right now. Or don't pick up the phone at all. Or don't pick it up. <laughs> great. Thank you so much. This was great. Exactly what I was looking for in terms of being helpful to people. Mm -hmm.